The Hound of the Baskervilles by A. Colin Doyle Chapter 1. Mr. Sherlock Holmes Mr. Sherlock Holmes, who was usually very late in the mornings, save upon those not infrequent occasions, when he was up all night, was seated at the breakfast table, and stood upon the heath rug, and picked up the stick which our visitor had left behind him the night before. It was a fine, thick piece of wood, bulbous head, headed as the sort which is known as Penning Lawyer. Just under the head was a broad silver brand, nearly an inch across to James Mortimer, M.R.C.S., where his friends of the C.C.H. was engraved upon it with the date 1884. It was such a stick as an old-fashioned family practitioner used to carry, dignified, solid and reassuring. Well, Watson, what do you make of it? Holmes is sitting with his back to me. I had given him no sign of my occupation. How did you know what I was doing? I believe you have eyes in the back of your head. I have at least a well-polished silver-plated coffee-pot in front of me, said he. But tell me, Watson, what do you make of our visitor's stick, since we have been so unfortunate as to miss him, have no motion, notion of his errand? His accidental souvenir comes of importance. Let me hear your reconstruct the man by examination of it. I think, said I, following as far as I could the methods of my companion, that Mr. Dr. Dr. Mortimer is a special early medical man, well esteemed since those who know him gave him this mark of their appreciation. Good, said Holmes. Excellent. Think also that probabilities favour his being a country practitioner who does a great deal of his visiting on foot. Why so? Because this stick though it's originally a very handsome one, been so knocked about, I can hardly imagine a town practitioner carrying it, a thick iron ferrule, is worn down, so it's evident that he has done a great deal walking with it. Perfectly sound, said Holmes. And then again, there is the, the friends of the CCH. I should guess that it would be something Hunt. Dog Hunt of the, those members. The members he has possibly given some surgical assistance, and which he made has made him a small made him a small penetration return. Really, Holmes, you have excelled yourself, said Holmes, pushing back his chair and lighting a cigarette. I am bound to say that in all my accounts, which have been so good as to give me my small, my own small achievements, you have inherently underrated your own abilities. I may be that you are not yourself luminous, but you are a conductor of light. Some people without possessing genius are remarkable how assimilating it. Convince, my dear fellow, I am very much in your debt. He never said as much before. I must admit that his words gave me clean pleasure, for I had been often been piqued by his indifference to my admiration, as the attempts which I made to give publicity to his methods. I was proud too to think I had been had so far mastered his system to apply it in a way which earned his approval. He took the stick from my hands and examined it for a few minutes with his naked eyes. Then, with expression of interest, he laid down his cigarette, carrying down the cane to the window. He looked over it again with convex lenses. Interesting, though, inventory, said he, as he returned to his favourite corner settee. There are certainly one or two indications upon a stick. It gives us the basis of several deductions. Has anything, has anything escaped me? I asked with some self-importance. I trust there is nothing of consequence which I have overlooked. I'm afraid, my dear Watson, 
and most of your conclusions were erring on us. When I am, when I have said you have assimilated me, may be frank in noting your facilities, as occasionally guided towards the truth. Not that you are entirely wrong in the Prince instance, instance. Man is certainly a country practitioner. He walks a great deal. Then I, then I was right to that extent. But that was all. No, 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 dear, my dear Watson, not all. By no means all. I was just, for example, that the presentation to a doctor is more likely to come from a hospital than from a hunt. And when initial CC based with that hospital, a world's carrying costs very naturally suggests themselves. You might be right. Probably lies in that direction. If we take this to a working hypothesis, we have a fresh basis from which to start construction, this unknown visitor. Well, then supposing the CCCH does stand for Charing Cross Hospital, what further interference may we draw? Do none suggest themselves? You know my methods apply them. Can you think of the, the obvious conclusion? A man has practised in town before going to the country. I think we might venture a little further than this. Look at it in this light. On that occasion, would it be most probable that such a presentation would be made? When would his friends unite to give him a pledge of their good will? Obviously, at the moment when Dr. Mortimer withdrew from the service hospital in order to start practice for himself. We know there had been a presentation. We believe there had been a charge. Change by town hospital to country practice, is it? Then searching off into France too far, say the presentation was on the occasion of the change. It certainly seems probable. Now you observe he could have been on the staff of the hospital, since only a man well established in a London practice could hold such a position, and such a one would not drift into the country. Well, what was he then? If he was in the hospital, not yet not on the staff, could he have been a house surgeon, a house physician? Little more than a senior student. He left five years ago. The date is on the stick. So, you grave... With all his family practitioner vanishes into thin air, my dear Watson, emerges a young fellow, under thirty, admirable and ambitious, absent-minded, possessor of a favourite dog, which I should describe roughly as a lar- being larger than a terrier, and smaller than a mastiff, a laughing crudely, a dot side of Holmes, leaning back in his city, blow little waving, smoke, waving rings of smoke up the ceiling. As for the latter part, I have no means of checking you, said I. At least it's not difficult to find out if you were curious about the man's age, professional career. But my immense medical shelf took down a medical directory and turned up the name. There were several Mortimers, but only one that could be our visitor. I read his record aloud. Mortimer James, MRCS, 1882. Crimpton, Dartmoor, Devon. House surgeon from 1882. 1884, Carrying Cross Hospital, winner of the Jackson Prize of Comparative Pathology, assessing entire disease of reversion, corresponding member of the Swedish Pathology Society, authors and freaks of avaritism, Lancet, 1882, Dewey Progress Journal of Psychology, March, March 1883, Medical Officer for Parishes of Grimpton, Mark Ferguson, in High Baron, I mentioned the local hunt, Wilson, said Holmes, receiving a smile. The county doctor, country doctor, as you very astutely observed, I think I am fully justified in my interference, my inferences. As the objects, I said, 
I remember right. Admiral ambitious and simple-minded. In my experience, are only an admiral man in this world. All who see his testimonials, I am an ambitious one. Where Ben is a London career for the country. I am some money one who leaves his stick only. Not his, his calling, but not his calling card. I wait an hour in your room. And a dog? I've been in a habit of carrying his stick behind his master. Being a heavy stick, the dog has held it tightly by the middle. The marks of his teeth are very plainly visible. Dog's jaws are shown in space between these. Marks are too bald, in my opinion, for a choker. And yet, not broad enough for a mastiff. It may, be, it may have been... Yes, by Jove, it's a curly-held spaniel. He risen and paced the room as he spoke. He halted in a recess of the window. There's such a ring of conviction in his voice. I glanced up in surprise. My dear fellow, how are you possibly so sure of that? For the same reason, I see the dog rest himself. On our very doorstep, there is a ring on his owner. Don't move, I beg you, Watson. Professional bother, he's a professional bother of yours. Your presence may be assistance to me. Now is a dramatic moment of fate, Watson. When you hear a step from the stair, you should walk into your life. You know not whether for good or ill. Well, there's Dr. Mortimer, the man of science. Ask for Dr. Ask for Charlotte Holmes. Bless you some cry and come in. Prince of Visitor was a prize to me, since I expected a typical country practitioner. He's a very tall, thin man with a long nose and like a beak, which jutted out between two keen grey eyes, so closely together and sparklingly brightly from behind a pair of gold rimmed glasses. He was clad in professional but rather solemnly fashioned, for his frock coat was dingy, and his coat trousers frayed. Though young, his long back was already bowed. He walked with a forward thrust of his head, a generally appearing benevolence. As he entered, his eyes fell upon the stick in Holmes' hand. He ran towards it with an explanation of joy. I'm so very glad, said he. I'm not sure whether I left it here in the shipping office. I should, would not like to lose it, sick for the world. Presentation, see, said Holmes. Yes, sir, from Charing Cross Hospital. For one of your two friends here, there, occasion my wedding, marriage. Dear, dear, that's bad, said Holmes, shaking his head. The mother blinked through his glasses, is in, in mild astonishment. Why is it bad? Only that you have disarranged our little deductions. Your marriage, you say? Yes, sir, I married, and so I left the hospital. With all its hope, all hopes of cons- Salting practice, it was necessary to make the home of my own. Come, come, we are not so far wrong after all, said Holmes. And now, Dr. Mortimer, James Mortimer, Mr. Sir, Mr. Humble MRCS, a man of precise mind, evidently. Devil in science, Dr. Mr. Holmes, pick up shells and shores. Great unknown ocean, I presume that it is Mr. Sir Holmes and my dressing, and not. No, this is my friend, Dr. Watson. Glad to meet you, sir. I've heard your name mentioned in connection. With that of your friend, who interests me very much, Mr. Holmes. Hardly expected so dialectic a skull with such well-marked stupidable development. Would you have an objection to my running my finger along your parietal freezer? A cast of your skull, sir, upon the original is available upon the moment. When he entered your museum, it's not my intention to become be fulsome, but I confess that I covet your skull. Sherlock Holmes waved your strange visitor into an air chair. You are a physicist in your line of fault. Perceive, sir, that I am, um, as I am mine. 
he said, said he, as though from your forefinger you make your own cigarettes. Have no hesitation in lighting one. A man drew out a paper and tobacco and twirled the one up to the other with surprising dexterity. He had long, quivering fingers as agile and restless as the antenna of an insect. Holmes was silent, but his little dotting glances showed me the interest which he took our curious companion. I presume, sir, said he at last, it was not merely for the purpose of examining my skull. You have done me the honour to call here last night and again today. No, sir, though I am happy to have had an opportunity of doing that as well. I come to you, came to you, Mr. Holmes, because I recognise that I am myself a practical man, because I am suddenly confronted with a serious and extraordinary problem. Recognising I do that you are the second highest expert in Europe. Indeed, sir, may I inquire who is the honour to be the first? Asked Holmes with some asperity. To the man of precisely a precisely scientific mind, the work of Mr. Bertolotronian has always appealed strongly. Then you do not know better. You then you better cons- not, not had you not better consult him. And I said to the precisely scientific mind, not as a practical man of affairs, his knowledge you stand alone. I trust her, I have not eventually just a little said Holmes. I think, Dr. Mortimer, you would do wisely without more ado. You would kindly tell me plainly what you exact nature of the problem is in which you demand my assistance. <laughs>